0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب إشراق لي صدري ورسلي عمري وحلو الأغدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب سدني إلما رب سدني إلما رب سدني إلما السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته إنشاء الله أرحب بكم جميعاً في رحلة عبر القرآن مع إقنا أخوات. Nowadays, um, our news feeds and his freaks are all about COVID-19, uh, which is officially a pandemic situation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and keep us all in his afiyah. Ameen, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Subhanallah, um, as I was thinking, there is another pandemic situation which we fail to see in our everyday lives. The global pandemic uh, engulfing the Muslims around the globe whether there are Uyghurs in China who are put into concentration camps, or Rohingyas in Myanmar where they were slaughtered en masse, or in India and Kashmir where they have been the targets of systematic pogrom, or in Palestine where they are mowed down on a daily basis, or being here in the West where we the Muslims are subject to increasing demonization and Islamophobia. From one end of the world to the other, Muslims be it in Syria, Yemen, Egypt, Iran, or any other place in the world. They are living under tyrannical regimes, ruthless dictators, with their most basic civil liberties and human rights denied. So the question comes to our mind, what is going on? Is there an end to it? Any solution out there? And as I opened up the Quran and I started to read uh, Surah al hajr the answers started to pop up. The word hijr means rocky tract, a tract that cannot be surpassed without difficulty. And the surah was revealed in Mecca at a very critical time between the year of sorrow, Amul Hazan, when we know that Prophet Muhammad lost his wife, Hazrat Khadija, and his uncle Abu Talib, and the year when Prophet Muhammad migrated to Medina. So that was a time in between these two major incidents. It was a time of loss and uncertainty. And very much the same that we are encountering nowadays. The same type of rejection of the great truth of this faith, uh, which requires complete submission to Allah in all aspects of life, whether it uh, relates to religion moral, political, economic, and social aspect. Likewise, it was the same type of persecution which was endured by the first group of Muslims. So the surah directs the Prophet and the Muslim community uh, in how to best deal with their practical problems and how to stand firm in the face of the unbelievers' stubborn opposition. The surah opens by mentioning about the nature of the Qur'an which the unbelievers reject as fabrication, adding a threat that they will soon witness a day when they wish they had submitted themselves to Allah and become Muslims. On that day, they, they will wish, they may wish, but their wish will be of no use. Because this life in this world is an opportunity to make the most of it. Yes, you will eat, drink and enjoy yourself, But don't live it without reflection, contemplation, or thought to what is around. There are deluding hopes and deceiving temptations around us. We all are aware of that. While we know that the life every hour passes away and the opportunity is lost. So Allah reminds us that man tends to forget that there is a duty to be fulfilled. He forgets that he himself is going to die and then He will be resurrected in order to account for his deeds. You know, Quran is a book of admonition for the people to take heed. It consists of the unaltered and direct words of Allah. Its truth has prevailed through the centuries and not a single word has been removed or added as per the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the only book which is preserved not only in writing, but in the hearts of millions of Muslims who have memorized it word to word. But despite of all these manifestations uh, of its authenticity and preservation, those who don't want to believe in it and want to submit to its teachings will find one or another excuse in their efforts to undermine the value of the Qur'an. And the real reason, you know, uh, for this unbelieving attitude is not because there is a lack of evidence but because of the fact that um, evidence is already out there, you know. Uh, You look look up uh, in the sky, you will find constellations. Um, You see the earth which is widely expanded with the mountains set firm on it. You see the plants that demonstrate a balanced method of creation. The winds which are full of moisture, the rain that comes down from the sky uh, which provides water reserves for drinking. You see life, death, and resurrection, which every human being experiences. Thus, the unbelieving attitude continues due to the ingrained stubbornness, the one and the only reason. And at this point, and we are told um, the story of uh, Prophet Adam and Iblis. And this story, um, we have gone through it twice previously in Surah Al-Baqarah and Surah Al-Araf. And in here, in this surah, it begins by stating that Prophet Adam uh, is created out of sounding clay and black mud, molded into shape, before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala breathed of his noble spirit into him. And it also states that Iblis was created before him out of the fire of scorching winds. Uh, It tells us of the angels prostrating before uh, Prophet Adam while Iblis refused to prostrate uh, before him because of the reason that a human being has been created of uh, such a low material. And as a result, Allah expelled him from heaven with a curse. Allah then accepted Iblis' request to give him some time uh, until the day of judgment. You know, have you ever thought why he requested some time till the day of judgment? Was it because mm, to have another opportunity to repent of his sin? or to mend his ways, none of this, but rather to exact uh, revenge on Adam and his offspring by leading them into uh, error, meaning he will make the worldly life um, tempt- full of temptations. Um, they, he will show us um, transitory benefits. He is going to allure us uh, so much to so that one will forget the responsibility as Khalifatullah and the accountability in the hereafter, we see that people are blinded by the worldly things so much so that they start to disobey Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and they forget the fact that they had once professed to remember Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala as their Lord in the form of And at this time, we need to analyze ourselves. Where do I stand? Am I fulfilling my duties towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and my fellow beings? Am I careful not to transgress the boundaries defined by sharia? Am I falling into the traps of shaitan? Does he have any power over me? The answer is no. Because shaitan himself admitted that he has no power over Allah's faithful servants. They are immune to his tricks and schemes as they close all entry points to their minds and their hearts. The reason being that they always look for guidance through the Qur'an and the Sunnah and they know that what brings Allah's pleasure and therefore they engage themselves in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, shaitan has power only over those who choose to follow him, you know. Um, those who want to uh, go astray, far away from the guidance. And... Um, You know, the point which separates those who follow um, the guidance, those who follow the road to heaven and those who follow the path leading to the hellfire is that of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's the only main point. The one who submits goes directly to Jannah, to the heaven, the promised place for the righteous ones. And those who disobey, um, they will eventually end up into the hellfire. Minhum, And when we look into the history, we see that those who fell prey to the shaitan's erring ways, um, whether they were the people of Prophet Lut, or uh, the people of Prophet Shoaib, or the people of Prophet Saleh, they were all destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after they ignored the warnings they had received. And their punishment only befell them after the time they were given had lapsed. And then we see that the final passage of the surah, it reassures Rasulullah sallallahu that ultimately he would come out successful because he was propagating the truth and this truth is manifested in the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in between. Um, and subhanallah, um, the truth will get established itself. Allah says that Allah's laws will continue to operate Without any fail, and the final hour is certain to come. And then Allah also mentions um, the gift that is given to Prophet Muhammad in verse number 87. Allah mentions, We have given you seven oft repeated verses and the sublime Quran. And basically, these seven verses are the uh, seven verses of Surah Al Fatiha that are uh, oft repeated. Uh, We know that we read it in every prayer. And in this surah, um, we make a dua, you know, and this is a dua of a believer uh, to protect him uh, from the diseases of the rejection, uh, ignorance and misguidance, subhanallah. A very comprehensive dua, surah al-Fatiha. And then um, there is a mention of the precious gift of the glorious Quran that has been made also to console uh, Prophet Muhammad and his followers that they should not even look at the worldly wealth of their opponents because that was nothing as compared with this precious wealth that they had in their hands, subhanAllah. And then um, there is an answer to those um, who are suffering. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, in verse number 98 to 99, so exalt Allah with praise of your Lord and be of those who prostrate to him. And worship your Lord, until there comes to you the certainty that is the death. You know, we understand no matter rain or shine, we must never forget the purpose of our creation. Things are going our way, subhanAllah. Praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Things are not going your way, you know, you have to be patient. And still continue to praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the Day of Judgment is about to come. That's when all disputes will get settled. And Allah mentions the prostate whenever you can because that is the closest we can get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with that, uh, we transition into our next surah. That is Surah Al-Nahl. And uh, it is again another Makki surah from the same time period as uh, the previous surahs which we have gone by so far. And this surah speaks about Allah's creative power and number of blessings that he has showered upon us and um, if one ponders it carefully then one will be able to find the coherence and the balance in allah's creation um, it contains many many proofs showing that allah alone is to be worshipped so the surah starts off by mentioning that all the disputes will come to an end as allah's judgment is bound to come allah's laws operate in accordance with his will um, they cannot be hurried, nor can they be postponed, and uh, to satisfy people's wishes, and that's like a bold statement uh, at the start of the surah, and then Allah is referring to the disbelievers and the transgressors who forget their origin, uh, that they have come from a mere semen, uh, from a mere despicable drop, and um, Allah says that the use of their intellect. Subhanallah, Allah has given them an intellect. But they uh, become arrogant instead of becoming grateful for all the blessings that Allah has uh, showered upon them. And then we are shown in the surah, countless examples of Allah's splendid creation um, to make our eyes to see, uh, you know, our ears to hear, uh, our hands to touch and feel, and our conscious to be alert, and our minds to reflect. These are the things that, um, that are widely spread Uh, you see cattle um, you use them for food for clothing they are the ones who carry your burdens they are a means of your transportation look up at the rain you know when it comes down it's a means of people's survival Um, it's uh, for the growth of the vegetation you look up into um, the ongoing cycle of day and night the sun and moon uh, you look into the sea, it is a source of food and adornment. You see the ship sailing through it so that um, humankind may seek Allah's bounty and perhaps um, give thanks to Him. Um, Allah has also set the mountains firmly into the earth to prevent it from shaking. Um, he has made rivers and paths with landmarks um, and stars to guide people through the lands. And all of this is a reminder of His power and generosity. And the list is endless, you know, this is just a glimpse. And the fact is that if one were to count these things, um, he would fail to do so. The reality is that when a blessing is withdrawn, uh, which we took for granted, it is at that point we realize the truth. You know, our fitrah recognizes the truth. And subhanAllah, nowadays, and like, uh, we all have seen it and we all have experienced it at one point or another. Um... Remember when the news came to us that the Mut'af was closed for Tawaf at the Haram? You know what was the state of our heart at that point? Um, or when there was uh, cancellation of the juma prayers in your local masajid and you were not able to step into your own masjid? Or when you saw that the fistfights uh, broke for getting hold of basic amenities? You know, right in the middle of all of this COVID-19 situation that is going around us, uh, we all have observed and we all have experienced all of these things, subhanAllah. And we see that um, the surah mentions that those who do not believe in the day of judgment, uh, you know, their hearts have hardened in their denial of the truth. The blindness has become an essential characteristic that prevents them from admitting the truth to which the signs clearly testify. You know, their arrogance stops them from acknowledging what they feel um, is the truth. Um, and they fail to accept the message. And then we are shown a very touching scene in which we see that all the shadows, they prostrate themselves together with every living thing in the heaven and the earth, as well as the angels um, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, they these are the ones who are free of arrogance. And then um, Allah blessings you know uh, all the blessings are from Allah and it is to Allah that the distressed person turns yet as soon as the relief comes some people they turn back to their old self their old lifestyle Um, and if Allah wanted then he would have seized the people in that very moment of arrogance but This is the blessing, again, it's the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives time to repent so that one can turn towards Him. Again, our attention is brought towards um, a number of more blessings, showing how only Allah is able to produce such things and sustain them. Um, In itself, this constitutes a great evidence of Allah's control of the whole universe. You know, it is Allah who sends down water from the skies to bring life to the earth after it has been lifeless. We see it every year through different change of seasons. Uh, We see that it is he who produces pure milk from the bellies of the cattle so that people uh, may have a wholesome drink. Um, He it is who brings out the fruits of the date palms and the wines uh, from which people make their intoxicating drinks and drive good sustenance out of that. And then there is mention of the honeybees, the Nahal. Uh, this word is also used to symbolize this surah. And um, we know that through Allah's inspiration, these little tiny honeybees take up their homes in the hills and the trees and in wooden prelices, uh, which people put up. And then they produce honey, uh, which provides cure for many ailments. And if we look a little deeper, we understand that every creation, subhanAllah, it follows a path which is inspired to it by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even these little tiny honeybees have a mission. They know their purpose of creation and they do not fly aimlessly. Similarly, we have been created for a specific reason. And we must also live a focused, determined and goal-oriented life. Uh, We have been given the intellect, fine senses. So therefore, we must also reflect um, on what kind of inspiration or wahi has been sent towards us. Um, And are we following it? You know, it will be an ingratitude towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to not do what we have been programmed and inspired to do. Also, um, when honeybee... um, You know, it uh, strictly adheres to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And only then is she able to produce beneficial results. Therefore, um, for us to have beneficial results in our life, you know, we must also strictly adhere to the Qur'an and the sunnah only. And just like honeybee, we too must bear extraordinary hardship and pain for the sake of the greater benefit of the ummah. And this can only be done as a colony of honeybees, subhanAllah, you know, together in a collective manner, um, in continuity, not just one time, uh, not randomly doing certain good deeds, but constantly in continuity. And I was amazed um, to learn that a honeybee, you know, uh, in its entire life span, it produces one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey. Yet, it's worthy enough of being appreciated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, that a small example is being given for us to reflect, uh, to contemplate. And our attention is, again, brought to our own life cycle. Um, Allah is the one who creates people and then gathers them in death. Some of them, um, He leaves them to old age when they forget what they had learned throughout their life and they become naïve. Um, he it is who provides for some in abundance while he gives less to others and it is allah who gives them spouses and enables them to have children and grandchildren and yet despite of all of these favors people associate others with allah who has no power and we then we are given uh, two examples in this regard Uh, First example is that of a master who can give and provide, uh, and a disabled slave who earns nothing. The second example depicts a dumb, dull, and a weak person who understands nothing and can do no good. Another who is eloquent, is able, uh, is just hardworking for every good cause. So no reasonable person uh, would equate these two um, people. These examples are given um, to bring the eternal truth that Allah has no partners and one must never equate Allah with anyone in, in his worship, inshallah. Also, um, if one observes the things um, that happens around us, um, one will also admit uh, uh, Allah's absolute knowledge of all the things. Uh, Allah mentions that you see the babies emerging from their mother's womb, knowing nothing. But then Allah provides them with hearing, the sight and intellect, uh, so that they can recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that they have a better understanding of their purpose of existence in this universe. You know, um, look up in the sky, you see the birds flying uh, without falling. Um, Look at the blessings of having a home, subhanAllah, um, a place to rest, the shade, the shelter, and the garments, and the armors. And these are the favors of Allah so that one becomes grateful, but most of them are ungrateful and negligent of the Day of Judgment. Because on the Day of Judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring forth a witness from every nation. And the witness will be the Prophet's or uh, his follower who invited uh, the community uh, to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning towards tawheed, uh, who warned uh, of the consequences of the shirk, of the wrong beliefs, um, traditions, and culture, uh, and cautioned um, them against accountability on the day of resurrection. And each one of us will be brought forth as a witness in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whether we fulfilled our duty or not, to convey the true message to the people around us, uh, through our words or through our actions. And those who rejected the message and committed a wrong will not be able to present any excuse on that day. And um, we'll see what awaits them and there will be uh, no respite. Um, it's a huge responsibility onto our shoulders uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to fulfill this responsibility uh, with, the, with our best efforts, inshallah. Uh, we see that those who stand up um, to be the witness to mankind um, has to establish a society, a society which is based on justice. Uh, which is based upon uh, righteousness and good treatment towards uh, one another. And this is what is enjoined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, a society which nurtures love, gratitude, uh, generosity, uh, sacrifice, sincerity, their sympathy, um, and many, many humane qualities, you know, it brings sweetness and harmony in the life. And in contrast to these virtues, Allah prohibits three vices, which are, uh, number one, indecency, number two, evil, and number three, the transgression. Because all of these three vices, they ruin individuals and the society as a whole. Indecency um, can be of any form. It can be in the form of adultery, or the pornography, or homosexuality, nudity, drinking, dancing, gambling, um, abusive language whether each of this is done in private or in public no matter what similarly all actions that are morally and ethically wrong um, those which crosses the proper limits of decency and violate the rights of others all of these things are prohibited you know um, you can see the outcome uh, of two kind of societies a uh, one which is established on uh justice righteousness and good treatment towards one another uh as against to a society where there is indecency evil and transgression that takes place and then Allah also mentions that those who adopt a just honest and pious attitude are not only going to lead a happy life in the hereafter but Allah also guarantees a pure and happy life even in this world and and this is a fact that those people who are sincerely righteous honest, pure, and fair in their dealings, they gain respect and honor in this world, which is not enjoyed by those who lack these virtues, and the rank of such people in their hereafter uh, will be determined according to their best deeds, inshallah. Another important aspect uh, which is mentioned here is that um, to fulfill one's covenants, and there is no room for breach or violation under any circumstances. And this is important because... um, You know, it constitutes the basis of trust in any community. And without it, the whole structure of the community can collapse. A person who goes back on his pledge is shown here um, uh, by an example of a foolish woman who spins her yarn and then breaks it, leaving it in loose thread. And the whole picture is meant to give us a complete picture of a person who spends his whole life doing what is of no use and of no value, whatsoever and is a total loss on the day of judgment um, again we see that the surah also gives us instruction uh, which must be observed when you are reading the quran that is just uh, seeking refuge with allah against the shaitan because shaitan has no power over those who are submitted to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his power only affects those who align themselves with him and then an example is given about the town Uh, which was blessed with abundant provisions, peace, and security. And the people of this town became ungrateful, so they were afflicted with hunger and fear. Uh, They denied their messenger, and the punishment overtook them. And this was an example given to the unbelievers of Mecca uh, to avoid the same outcome. And in contrast, there is an example to follow, and that is of Prophet Ibrahim, who has been described as an ummah, meaning a nation. And the reason um, is that uh, he was a leader and a teacher of humanity whom others followed in all goodly matters. Uh, Ibrahim is an excellent example of one man who stood against the people, the rituals of his time, uh, and established himself on monotheism. And in different circumstances, be it at individual level, family or community level, you know, um many times we are reluctant to stand alone. We are afraid of the loneliness and isolation that it might bring. Uh, But it is necessary to do so when Islamic principles are at stake. Uh, Because we see in the example of Ibrahim that he obeyed Allah in all matters. Um, A true Muslim who submitted in his entirety to the will and pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He was the one who's been referred as Hanif, the one who stands up straight on the middle and balanced path, which is right. And not only that, Ibrahim al-Islam also showed his gratitude uh, by word and action, no matter how many tests and trials he went through. Um, a very beautiful example to follow as a believer, inshallah. And then um, the surah ends with a very important message to Prophet Muhammad and all those who are fulfilling their responsibility as shuhda al You know, when you reach out to people, uh, there are three things to consider. Uh, first, use hikmah meaning to consider the situation and the circumstances of the people whom you are to address to determine uh, what to tell them at that moment. You know, don't make things appear difficult to others, um, nor burden them with a long list of duties um, before they are prepared to do so. Uh, number two, um, use kind words and good speech to win the hearts. You know, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu won people over by his beautiful conduct and gentleness. Uh, Number three, present Islam with reasonable and appealing arguments. You know, do not be harsh nor engage in criticism. Uh, Refrain from pointless argumentation and boastfulness. Um, There's no need to press an argument beyond what is reasonable. Um, Issues should be stated very clearly and matters should then be left to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not a smooth ride. Um, it comes with the package of humiliation um, at times with resistance and maybe aggression so um, if you must retaliate make your response proportionate to how you were harmed however uh, it is better to be patient and prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is told to be patient and not to grieve or be distressed by the enemies of islam um, allah mentions that he is with those who are mindful of him and have an attitude of righteousness. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to fulfill our responsibility of uh, shahdaa keep us steadfast in the matters of deen, and grant us patience in these tough times. Amin, ya rabbil alameen. Wa akhra ad an alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.